Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast, helping all of us around Southridge get the inside scoop on, in this case, not just life in our church, but life beyond our church. Because uh, for this past month, in the spirit of our It Takes a Village kind of season that typically is the month of July, uh, we're excited to hear from some outside voices beyond just our church community. And uh, today we're going to catch up with a very good friend of mine uh, who's also a dear friend to Southridge, one of the co-executive directors of the Global Leadership Network here in Canada, a lady by the name of Lois Warren. Lois, say hi to everybody. Hello. Um, I know that uh, you and your husband, Rob, live in Ottawa and that you have been navigating COVID along with the rest of us here in Canada. So uh, just talk about what that's looked like for you and working from home and maybe even give us a bit of background just on your family situation, because this is the first time that you've joined us Mm -hmm. in a conversation like this. (laughs) Well, working from home has definitely come with its challenges, but I no longer have young children, so it's much easier for us than those who are managing little ones or doing online schooling on top of it all. I recognize that I maybe have become more of an introvert than I thought. Having this time at home and this change of pace has come with its challenges, but it's also been a gift in a way. So I miss being with the people that we get to serve with. And yet I recognize this is just for a season. So Lord willing, we'll have time to travel and be together again soon. So I know I'll treasure it even more. You'll be that much more excited to see all the people coast to coast, won't you? Mm-hmm. I do yeah. miss them. I do. Hey, uh, you and your husband, Rob, began to lead this ministry, GLN Canada, uh, a few years ago. So just walk us through some of the basics for those of us listening from Southridge that aren't as familiar with this ministry. What is the Global Leadership Network Canada? The Global Leadership Network is just that, a network of Christian leaders across our nation. But our primary focus has been the Global Leadership Summit, which began 25 years ago when a small group of pastors in the Chicago area acknowledged that they loved God, they loved people, but they really kind of stunk at leading and managing their churches. And they hadn't received much training in this area and chose to take responsibility for that gap. So the challenge was if we spent just a couple of days each year focusing on improving our leadership or in learning from the best of the best in their in their various fields, how much more effective could we be as we serve in our own ministries? So that's where it began. And again, for church leaders, and this has since developed and grown into a, a global leadership development opportunity for Christians in all sectors. And I'd say 40 plus percent of the of the people that attend the summit and take it in every year are marketplace leaders. We have people from education and um, yeah, yeah every law enforcement, healthcare, yeah. you name it. Yeah. yeah. And full-time moms. And that's where my journey began. I, yeah. I mean, all of us can grow and who knows how God's preparing you for what he has in store for you in the future. So as a ministry here in Canada, knowing that the Global Leadership Network is so related to this two-day event, is that essentially all it does, runs this two-day event every year? Or like, what does the ministry as a ministry do? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd say the relationships are at the core of what we do and, and building into people and organizations. We're about Christian leadership development and we're about the church and anything that's going to inspire people to live that grander vision that God has called them to wherever he has called them to lead. 
is at the heart of what we do. And that may come in supporting other conferences, other learning environments, other uh, workshops. I, I know you've been part of a leaders village group for years. And this idea of helping people plug into a place where they're going to be able to get better and where they're going to find community and be strengthened. So that comes in many forms all, all, all throughout the year uh, beyond those two days. But um, the summit is what we have, we put in the calendar is that anchor gathering. And, uh, and yet the, the relationships and the other gatherings take place all year long. You talked earlier about it, it, the summit's impact on you when you were a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. uh, talk just a little bit then about your journey from stay-at-home mom, a tender of the GLS, to now I'm the co-executive director of the GLN <laughs> here in Canada. Uh, connect those dots for us. Mm, well, you've been a big part of that, actually. Uh, my husband, Rob, attended the summit. He actually missed a family wedding for that. Christian conference, which seemed ridiculous to me at the time. And I was mad. I was really mad that he would choose that. And he said, next year, you're coming with me. And I got it. I got it. I understand why he said, my soul needs this. My heart needs this every year. It just, it fills me up in a way that nothing else does. And, and I understood in that following year, I began serving our own church, stepped in as a host site. And that began our journey serving as a volunteer. But then uh, we began bringing our management team from the company that we ran at the time. And uh, for some of these people, the summit was, uh, well, none of them had had a positive experience with the church before. And some of them entered that church building physically shaking and terrified of what was ahead. And we prayed a lot and we processed a lot. And... Uh, and I think that was kind of the first time some of them could actually connect the reality of, of the relevance of God's word and the way God calls us to live our lives with some very universal uh, global leadership principles that it's kind of like this made sense. And at the same time, the gospel was presented in a very unassuming, um, very natural way that finally made sense to a bunch of them. And over the course of those years, some of my dearest friends and colleagues actually came to Christ through that experience of the summit and of the way the gospel was presented in a way that made sense. And uh, forever, I will be grateful to this ministry for the impact that they had on these people that I love so much. So I would say that would be the core passion of what I came to love about this ministry and why I was so happy to serve as a volunteer for all those years. And, and through those opportunities, I got to know some really wonderful people from all across our country as we all came around this, this mission and this goal of, of serving and, and strengthening the hearts of, of our Christian leaders. And it's uh, it really has become a family and not just in Canada. This family goes uh, beyond Canada, globally to so many different countries. And we love each other and we support each other year round. And uh, even through this, uh, this pandemic crisis time, that's only been strengthened through, uh, through gathering online and praying for each other and supporting each other that way. So hmm. it's, a, it's a really neat organization. It's an interesting, you make an interesting point that I hope all of our hearers here at Southridge are, are tracking with, because so often when we communicate as a host site of the Global Leadership Summit, that we're hosting it and inviting our Southridge members to participate. You know, we're highlighting 
kind of the core values that you're describing in the ministry, the, the, the value of leadership development for Christ's sake and the value of the church. And if that appeals to hundreds of our members every year who convene together, we'll talk about how that's going to look this year, but uh, convene together at our host site every year. But one of the big passion areas for you was when you saw people outside the church that feared or had had negative experiences with the church, give the summit a chance just for the leadership development's sake, and then be overwhelmed with all of the spiritual dynamics of what God was able to achieve, mm-hmm. kind of going in the back door of their heart and mind in that sense. And I say that so that those of us as church members who are in the marketplace or who are in healthcare or in education or you know, have friends or teammates or in sports or neighbors or whatever that could benefit just from the value of leadership development, this gives us an opportunity to actually have far more spiritual impact in their lives, or at least to create a spark plug of spiritual engagement that you've seen time and time again. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's so true. And this is a beautiful bridge. I feel like this is a tool that God has used time and again to to help people make that connection. And uh and not only for for those who who haven't had that positive experience, but yeah, I, I just there are very few people that this this doesn't apply to, and and there's a sense of humility that has to come with this too. You know, we don't we don't all have the answers, and uh, when we come to the summit, we're admitting we we don't know it all. There's always room for us to grow and learn and be stretched, and I, I love that part about the people that choose to come to the summit too, and. Uh, and the summit is designed for Christians, but it's also very intentional to be a place where wherever you are in your own journey spiritually, or even if you're not on a journey spiritually, that uh, this is a place that you can belong and a place that you can learn and a place that you can grow if if you're humble enough to choose to do that. Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more because I do want to talk about the GLS specifically, knowing that we as uh, Southridge are a host site. And in just a couple of weeks time, we're going to get to experience it, albeit differently this year, uh, again, August 6th and 7th. And so, you know, from, from your years of both participating personally with your husband, Rob, seeing employees in your former company be affected for Christ, not just grown in their leadership development, and now seeing people coast to coast in host sites all across Canada, what, what would you say you've seen the GLS in Canada do? I'd even add the impact it's had on my own kids. I have three grown daughters now who I kind of coerced to helping me when they were quite young as volunteers. And uh, maybe at the time weren't so excited about listening to these speakers, but wow, they remember them. And and they're in their 20s now, but they're talking about, man, I remember when so-and-so said this, and that totally transformed my perspective on this. And this is why I'm a teacher. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so even for the young people in our families or in our congregations or our circles, uh, the summit has been a powerful influence as well. Mm. Across Canada, how have I seen the impact of this? Um, I love, I love the way the, the big C church, we call it the, the, the broader church can come together at the summit. 
There is no one denomination that's welcome to the table. Everybody is welcome to the table. And they come. And this is a place where we get to encourage each other and build into each other and, and where those walls come down. Um, because the, the spirit of, of being there is humility, right? And, and this desire to get better at wherever, whatever God has called us to do. So I just love the unity of, of what happens at the Global Leadership Summit as well. Mm-hmm. So talk to me and talk to us here at Southridge for this year, because knowing, even for us as a host site, how much of the impact comes out of the convening of this region of people, this <laughs> region of Christ followers, this region of leaders, this region of people who just want to get better and be humble and have our hearts open to what God has for us. Um, Knowing there's not going to be a lot of assembling this year because of COVID, the GLS is exclusively uh, an online experience. So talk about unique to this year, Lois. Why are you excited about the GLS in Canada uniquely maybe this year? Yeah, like you said, I love the convening and and I am disappointed. The reality is I am disappointed that that's not going to happen on the scale that it normally happens. And at the same time, we still have an opportunity to take in the summit together as a nation. Uh, We will have our own platform. So this will be just for Canada, which is going to be neat and something that we haven't done before. I'm hoping that people are going to be, as Krish Kandaya said last year at the summit, that we will be set the table leaders for ourselves, that we will not just sit at our work desk behind our laptop and take in summit here and there while we're doing emails, but that we'll set up the screen, the big screen downstairs or TV, something different and set the, set the room and set the environment so God can work uh, the way only he can. And I'm hoping that families are going to do this together. I'm hoping that in areas where it's safe and responsible to be able to gather, that people will still be able to do this in community and and take in the summit together. But by having this online opportunity, this also provides uh, an experience for people who don't live near a host site or who live far more remotely. And uh, I'm excited about them being able to take part this year and, and a and a large group of people that may not have been able to come to a local host site. So I am excited about some of those possibilities that we haven't had in the past. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I appreciate just the honesty to say a huge part of this is the convening and we can't convene this year and that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not, we're not shying away from that for, for me. And I track with a number of the things that you're saying, the accessibility that it'll have to, to people who maybe wouldn't have darkened the doors of a church, even for an event like this, uh, might give this a shot this year. But uh, for me, I think the, the, the thing I'm the most excited about actually flows out of the need for leadership and leadership development. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mm-hmm. just come through what an era of, you know, heightened attention around Black Lives Matter and about issues of racism and systemic racism in Canada and privilege and white privilege and things like that, where, you know, these are big issues that require serious leadership to address them. You know, never mind the fact that we're in a one in every hundred years global pandemic that, you know, has already taken some change management and some innovation and creativity. And now, you know, in the conversation, in the process of reopening, 
this is going to take some serious leadership to navigate. And for me, when I think about all the the previous eras, yes, the, the convening was amazing and the convening will be amazing in the future, I'm sure. So we're definitely losing the convening power of it. But the customization is certainly a, a perk. I would I would say that for me, it's the need has never been close yeah. to as high for you know a stronger degree of Christ centered leadership than we've ever seen before. That's why I'm pumped yeah. for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, while we're on the subject of COVID, let's shift gears because uh, I know that you and I have been chatting about the pandemic from from very early on. <laughs> Uh, walk us a little bit through just your personal, your, your COVID experiences. Um, I don't know if you can remember back to before spring break, but, um, you know, can you remember kind of how you were feeling when things were changing so much and so fast? Oh my. And, you know, I hope we'd never forget that sense of disorientation. That was something to a degree that maybe I had never felt before. I know some, some have compared it to 9-11 or other circumstances like that, but the uncertainty that we have felt on so many levels, like, am I going to get this? Will this virus take one of my family members? Will this destroy us financially? Will we run out of food? Will there be total chaos? Like all these crazy questions circling within us. And I have a pretty active imagination, so I can go all kinds of places. But I also remember for the most part, having this sense of peace and this sense of confidence that somehow God is going to see us through this and he's been faithful time and time again. And in the past, when we couldn't see a way forward, he, he saw us through. So how can we not trust him to see us through this? But just like everybody else, I have my own moments of grief for the very real losses that we and others have experienced. Our, our one daughter has been very, very sick um, one daughter missed her university graduation, another missed her master's graduation, and we've been separated from family members that have really needed help. Like the the challenges and the disappointments are very real, and and we'd be lying to to not acknowledge that. At the same time, in those waves of discouragement that have come along the way, I'm, I think everybody, if they're honest, has to acknowledge those. But despite those very real emotions, God really truly has given us his peace. And I think that's just because of his presence with us. Hmm. And when I hear that and hear that that default uh, in, in all of this, I, it makes me ask, what, what would you say the difference was that faith was making in those initial stages? I think I... Th- hmm. I think the experience of being through other hard times and knowing that even though we can't see our way through, God does, and he is going to be with us and he's going to make a way even when we can't see how that's going to move forward. And, and our, I think the, all of us have been forced to face our mortality in some form. Like we've had mm-hmm. to recognize, hey, every single one of us is going to die at some point. And I want to be ready, and I want the people that I love to be ready. Uh, but this is this is just one of those non-negotiables in life, and we need to think differently about this, and we need to think about um, how we want to live this life. 
and what are those values that we want to have? And I think this has actually inspired a lot of very important conversations that might not have happened as well. Hmm. Uh, knowing that your work with GLN Canada gives you a really expansive vantage point on the whole church in Canada, what you refer to as the big C church, not just you know any one local church, uh, you and Rob have been very deep into helping churches across the country navigate COVID and navigate COVID together. So how have you seen churches respond in, in, in a general sense? Talk about just the church in, in Canada right now. How have you seen churches respond? <clears throat> Let's say the people we work the most closely with have just stepped up and leaned in. And I've seen some incredible leadership happen in, in the churches that that we work most closely with. And I, I don't think there's one way to do this right. I think our responsibility is to align ourselves with what God is asking of us to do and to be obedient to that. And the reality is it's going to look different in different environments. Um, I, I, I think we have to be very quick to judge each other and judge how we move forward through, through this, just because each situation is so unique. But I love has to be at the center of everything we do. And sometimes love looks like setting aside our own agenda for the health and safety of others. So I have heard that come through the many conversations with the pastors that we've been connecting with. And that that love is what's going to set us apart from others. And that love is going to be the difference maker in the impact that we have as Christians and as churches. Mm-hmm. And I've seen whole crew of of these pastors just really step up to the plate ask those hard questions and and have to make some really hard decisions and some of them look different from the other but but the the reality that love is at the heart of the decisions that they've been making to lead well through this and the reality is they've had to pivot and they've had to be flexible and some people have a really hard time with that and i think that's one of the, the strongest leadership characteristics that that has surfaced in this and people that aren't willing to do that or don't have that ability are really suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, well, I was going to ask like where, you know, coast to coast, where have you seen the church really shine through this pandemic crisis? Hmm. I'd say, uh, I mean, both Jeremiah and First Peter and Romans, it talks about, you know, respecting the authority that's been placed over us and not rebelling to that and, and being for our city. And there have been some neat opportunities for the churches across Canada to be building bridges with our city, provincial and federal leaders and to show that we care about our cities. We care about um about serving you well and seeing the needs and, and seeing the gaps and so many of our churches providing food and financial support to people in their community, but to other churches, to other ministries too. And that's been a very powerful experience for me to witness um, behind the scenes. These aren't, these aren't being displayed for the world to see. There's just a beautiful humility in the, the way some of these churches have just said, I know things are hard and we have this and I know you need this. So how can I help serve you being mm-hmm. technical equipment or finances or even some staff support? So there have been some really neat uh, ways that I've seen the church 
lean in to serve each other, but to, to really find the needs of people uh, all across our country. I'm thinking of, of a variety of different specific scenarios, yeah. but it's, it's beautiful. I think of you guys, I think of Southridge and, you know, you've had to make some hard decisions. You've chosen to serve and care for the very vulnerable of our communities. And, and with that comes a responsibility to protect them. So what does that mean for you as a congregation? And I've seen a beautiful example of selflessness in, uh, in the way some of you guys have had to make some of these hard calls and uncomfortable decisions. It's, it's always amazing. And I hope those of us who are listening can remember that it's always amazing and always inspiring to people when followers of Jesus live beyond themselves. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when church communities aren't just concerned with, Ooh, how are we going to survive? When are we going to open our doors again? How do we get, you know, butts in seats again, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but how can we be a blessing to our civic leaders? How can we be a blessing to our community? How can we be a blessing to other churches? Like living beyond yourself is so compelling and so contagious and so, you know, really emblematic of the the heart and the nature of Jesus that it's it's always inspiring to see, isn't it? And so countercultural to everything yeah, else that's yeah. going on. It's saying it's all about me. Uh, knowing that you and Rob have, on behalf of the ministry, hosted some learning environments and some leadership development environments around navigating COVID, um, w- from your vantage point, again, what, what do you feel people are learning the most about church life or about ministry these days? Hmm. Again, that need to be flexible. I mean, hmm. even in some of the conversations we've had with some of our you know, government leaders, you know, they will be expecting to be going down one direction one day. And then the next day, everything is side, you know, shifted and we're in a totally different uh, set of restrictions, set of realities. And, and I think yeah, that's, this is just one of the many areas that, that I've just seen this, uh, this need for people to, to be flexible. And just to be willing to to roll with that. And and again, we can provide all the support with all of the information that we know today. And then tomorrow may to look totally different. So um, again, I think people are watching. I think our, our government officials, people on the outside, they're watching. How has the church responded? Is it responding? And, and, and what example are we setting is what you just said about living beyond ourselves. Do we really mean what we say when we say we love people and we are here to serve? And, and they're watching. And we have a very powerful opportunity to set the example in our actions, not just our words, not just our preaching on Sunday or our uh, bumper stickers, but but here's an opportunity to live out what we've been saying we stand for all along. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Lois, you've always had a soft heart specifically for Southridge, for our community. Many of our <laughs> listeners may not know that, but you have. You, I, it's true. I, I can't count the, the amount of prayers that you and you and Rob and even your office have offered on behalf of our church. So uh, certainly I appreciate that. And, and on behalf of everyone listening, we really appreciate that. You, you mentioned, you know, some comments about how you're seeing Southridge navigate the pandemic as someone with this national view of the church, just to speak into us a little bit, who may not have a coast to coast purview of the church in Canada. What do you find kind of unique about Southridge or, you know, what do you see that Southridge is contributing to that greater church in Canada? Mm-hmm. It's true. 
I do love you guys. And it goes both ways. Our, our team during this uh, pandemic has all been working from home, but we do meet every morning and every afternoon to pray for our partner churches, for, for other churches, and for all the other ministries, Christian ministries in Canada. And that's been a really rich time for us. And it's it's required a level of discipline too, which is something else we could talk about through this pandemic and the importance of discipline. Um, but Southridge, you guys have prayed for us too. You've prayed through us through so many, walked with us through so many uh, challenging times in our personal lives, but also as a ministry. So I, I do want to publicly say thank you to this beautiful crew. Um, but since I've known Southridge, um, this is a church that is actively seeking how to best be God's hands and feet and to how to represent his heart in a very tangible way. And you guys are intentional about searching out and caring for the most vulnerable. And you've chosen to be pretty creative about how you do this too. And it's kind of unconventional in a way. And yet, uh, I believe, honoring to the way God and Jesus modeled for us, but the way God's called us to do that. And uh, I think it's beautiful. You've committed to not only allowing convenience or complacency to guide your decisions, but you've taken some risks and maybe even made some mistakes along the way. But I see a church who is passionate to not miss what God is calling you to do, no matter how uncomfortable or how stretching those efforts may be. And you've been an encouragement to a bunch of other church communities as well who I've seen, okay, yeah, you can do that. And yeah, that seems messy, but they're doing it anyway. And I know, Jeff, you and I have had the opportunity to to connect with others through other speaking engagements around just sharing your own experiences and inspiring them to, hey, just let's think about even the oneness and the unity that God has called us to. And, and I know that that voice has permeated continued other circles of conversations beyond that time. So thank you for saying yes to those opportunities to share Southridge's story, to share your story, to share just a, a new, maybe fresh, maybe uncomfortable way of, of churches to think about who we are and what we really want to be and how we want to represent Christ to our communities. So Hmm, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, knowing we're wrapping up now, Lois, do you have any other kind of final encouragements or challenges to all of our members who are listening, either when it comes to leveraging the GLS like never before, or just living for Christ to a greater degree during this unprecedented time of crisis? Actually, I have kind of a neat story I've shared with a few people. Um but there was a very specific scripture that was shared with us back in March 2018 when we were going through another really hard season. A colleague of my husband had sent a note that said, when my wife and I were going through probably one of the darkest seasons of, of our life together, the Lord gave us a, a promise by his spirit uh, that I am never doing nothing. I am always doing something and I am bigger. And then he confirmed it with a scripture it was Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And I'll admit, I didn't know this one. We've memorized so many scriptures. I had to look this one up. It wasn't one of those common, oh yeah, I know that one. But it says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, but behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And he and his wife both felt this was a word of God for us personally and for the Global Leadership Network ministry. And then, um, I mean, at the time, actually, Rob 
Rob felt that immediately. He opened his Bible to that and left that out on his desk for the remainder of the, the year. But then we got to August 2018, and we were still going through a really hard season. We were praying and fasting, and we were entrusting the summit to the Lord, saying, God, you are the only one that's going to see this through. And a friend who'd come with us to the GLS um, in, in South Barrington had received a text from her mom. And this is a woman I've never met before. I still have never met her. But she said, in my devotions this morning, the Lord gave me a very specific scripture that he said, you're supposed to share with the executive directors of GLN Canada. And sure enough, it was Isaiah 43 and 18 and 19. For me, this was such a powerful affirmation that God was with us and that mm. things might look different, but he was going to see us through. Well, then late in December, that same year, Rob and I had gone up to receive prayer at our own church and we'd never met the lady who came to pray with us. She anointed us with oil and began to pray. We hadn't shared a thing with her, but she just, she said, the Lord wants you to continue reading his word together and praying together. And he wants you to go home and read Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And we did both open our eyes and look at each other like, are you kidding me? And then she, she said, you think um, that the Lord, what the Lord has, the new thing that he's going to do has already begun, but I'm, I need to tell you that it's still to come. And we had no idea what this meant. We really we didn't understand it, but it was so obvious that God was sending us a message. And this doesn't happen often in our lives. And then sure enough, a month later, I got a text from a very close friend and prayer warrior who had been given the same scripture by God. And uh, at first she thought it was just for Rob and I, and then she thought it was just for the ministry. She said, no, this is for the whole church in Canada. No, this is for the church globally. And I think, oh, Lord, what were you preparing us with um, when you were preparing us with that scripture? And yet I think... I think this is that time because even since then, I've talked to a number of people who have been continually getting that scripture uh, revealed to them from God and even our global partners in the GLN. And I just, I just know without a doubt that God is with us, no matter how different things are going to look once we get to the other side of this, it will be okay because he is doing this new thing and he's going to he's going to raise us up. He's going to strengthen us and he's going to build us up in ways that, that we wouldn't have been strengthened before. And this isn't just for our ministry. This is for, for each one of us personally and in whatever God has called us to do. But I think if we continue to lean into him and just trust his goodness, even though it's going to feel different, it's going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to be new. We need to embrace that new and we need to be willing to move forward. So. Hmm. Lois, thanks so much for uh, sharing today and particularly sharing this this last encouragement. I know that for all of our hearers, it's this, it's this kind of stuff. This is the reason we believe it takes a village to raise a family and we look to a larger, broader village than just our local community to help raise our spiritual family into mm -hmm. God's image. So thanks for being one of those voices and for you and Rob and your faithfulness in your ministry. Uh, we're pumped to partner with you again, albeit in a totally different way this year <laughs> for the GLS. Uh, for those of us listening who haven't registered, uh, go to our uh, GLS page uh, so that you can register through Southridge. But uh, thanks so much for joining us again today, gang. Uh, we hope you've been encouraged and we'll see you next week as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everyone.